Hello and welcome to Culture in Five. Today I'm going to talk about the environment and hopefully pose a few interesting questions. Um, when I was uh, a young boy, I used to go walking with our dog around a few local reservoirs. And one of them in particular seemed especially lifeless. And, and I realised at the time, and particularly as I grew older, that it was it was um, a new forest, it was predominantly ferns, and it hadn't evolved organically or symbiotically. And um, many years later, I read a book by um, a British environmentalist called George Monboit, um, called Farrell. And he talks about how he left um, the vicinity of London to go and live on the edge of the Cambrian Mountains in Wales. And he he had this image that it will be back to nature, but he actually describes the Cambrian Mountains as the Cambrian Desert. All the forests have been chopped down. Um, they have a few browsing animals that eat any shrubs they have. And he said, it's incredibly lifeless. It may be, it may be spectacular with you know some lakes and with the rolling scenery that we get you know in various parts of the UK but it's very lifeless and then if you look at how long the United Kingdom has not been covered in forests it's over a thousand years when the Romans arrived here it would have been 80 85 percent forests um when the Neanderthals and the human first humans arrived in Europe, it would have, you know, when we weren't in an ice age, it would have been covered by a lot of forest. Um, so he posed the question of, should we rewild? Should we prevent sheep and deer from eating all the, the, the forest? Because by allowing natural forest to evolve and keeping these herbivores away, then it will introduce life into our land. And then the question becomes to me, how much land should be set aside for Mother Nature? And what Mother Nature should there be? Sheep have obviously been introduced into the UK, deer, etc. Should we protect some of our land from sheep and deer to, to allow it to evolve and to, to, to have perhaps a richer environment. And then the question comes when we look globally is how much land should be set aside for nature and how much should be protected from intruders that humans have introduced. The services that Mother Nature can provide are enormous. Um, I'm going to read something from um, Columbia, uh, I think it's Columbia University um, report on the New York um, drinking basin and they say um, that the watersheds forests that provide water to um, New York, the forest swamps and soil act as natural filters removing pollutants and making New York City's drinking water supply the largest unfiltered system in the US. Um, done by mother nature, protected by mother nature. So sometimes in protecting mother nature we can actually deliver services cheaper to ourselves. And that if we don't give enough space for Mother Nature or, or understand or work out um, what percentage should be left to her, then perhaps human beings will have to take on way too many services to make the planet habitable to, for the air than, than we want to. Let, let Mother Nature provide those services and give her space. But how much space should, does she need? Um, 
James Lovelock, um, probably one of the greatest living um, British people, is a scientist who lives in um, Dorset or Devon. He's in his 90s and he was founded and was the brain behind the Gaia theory. And he's been a self-employed scientist. He's done work for NASA. And Gaia is all around the fact that Earth is a self-maintaining system that, that helps itself and that we are intruding on that system and we need to be careful how we manipulate it. It's a cycle. And therefore, I think we need to consider how much land should be set aside for nature and what will that nature look like? Because we have a new norm. We, we can only remember so far back, and our parents can, the United Kingdom's been bereft of trees for a millennia. But what should the United Kingdom look like? What is a healthy United Kingdom look like for its people, for the land and for the animals? And that applies across a lot of Europe in the Middle East, which has had large populations for the longest. We, we have to go back to look at the land it's it's hard it's not in the living memory it's probably a lot of it's not recorded but we should do um thank you for listening to culture in five